Welcome to Ask Win, everyone. And today you guys get a VIP access to my PT routine because I had brought the best, one of the best PTs on the planet on this podcast today. And the reason why I say one of is because we have three. And the reason why I say we is because they all work for non-profits that I've been involved with for about two years. And Tammy can correct me on that one. And Tammy's been involved just as long as I have. We teamed up. Because of Amanda Bucknell, and way back when Amanda came on this podcast to explain what she was doing with the Galileo show table and the EXO. So, without further ado, I'm going to me, take it away, and then at the end of you guys, I have a major announcement related to PT which scares me half to death, but I've decided to step out of my comfort zone a little bit. So I will tell you guys what this is at the end, and Tammy doesn't even know I'm doing this, and she sees me once a week. So it's pretty cool, you guys, what my next adventure in physical therapy is going to be I just decided yesterday so it's pretty cool but without further ado I'm gonna let Miss Tammy take it away. Well thanks Wynn and thanks for having me. Um I'm excited to hear what your next adventure is. Um I know you what is- because you don't even know. I know. So um, how would you like me to start, When You want me to just talk about the program or? I would love for you to talk about the program and then um, talk about what I'm doing and why I, we believe I'm the only person with cerebral palsy walking in an exoskeleton. Okay. Well, our program, Bridging Bionics, has been around now for about two and a half years. It was, um, it's a very generous nonprofit started by Amanda Boxtel. Um, when we very first started, we had two high technology pieces of equipment. One is the exo robotic, um, exoskeleton that you walk in, as well as the Galileo vibrational tilt table. And we had quite a bit of success with both of those pieces of equipment in helping um, a variety of clients who have a wide range of disabilities um, from spinal cord injuries to Parkinson's to multiple sclerosis to cerebral palsy. We have continued to expand our program with new equipment, and as the three of us PTs have worked with more clients and worked with this 
equipment that we had not had any training on prior to starting with Bridging Bionics. Um, we have learned a lot from our clients and from each other and are making progress. Um, so the XO robotic skeleton that Wynn walks in is a 46-pound piece of equipment that we strap on to her. It's measured specifically for uh, wind measurements, and the robot is pretty amazing in that it can go, uh, it, it's very adjustable, and it can range from uh, working for smaller people, which Win is, of about five feet tall, and we've used it yes. on clients as tall as six foot five, so it's quite adjustable. So the first thing we do when we have a client is measure them and make sure the robot fits uh appropriately. And then the way the robot works is we uh, we program into the robot certain parameters that we want to use, such as how long is the step going to be, how high is the step going to be, um, and things like that. And the robot also has the ability to work with each individual client in a mode where if the client has some muscle strength, which Wynn does, they can use that muscle strength to help the robot. If a patient is completely paralyzed, then the robot will do the walking for them 100%. Um, so once we have the robot strapped on we and we've programmed in all of the parameters, we stand up in the robot, make sure everything is adjusted just right, and then we start walking. And how the robot works is, if you can, if you imagine it, when you're walking, every time you put one foot forward, you shift your weight forward over that foot and a little bit towards the outside of the foot. And so what the robot does is it has a sensor underneath the foot plate that the uh, patient's foot is resting on. And when it senses that you've shifted forward and over onto that one foot, then it starts to move the other leg forward. And then the next leg, you, same thing. You have to weight shift forward and to the side, and then, and then that sequence just repeats again and again in a very smooth walking pattern. And that's basically how that robot and works. I, I have to admit to you guys, I'm terrible at the weight shifting of so I think it's my I I have to admit this. I please you'll be on this one. I am terrible at weight shifting. One side of my body is stronger than the other side, and I am opposite sides of body, which means my right hand is stronger than my left leg. So I am a mess when it comes to. Um, Walking in the XO, I'm getting better. <laughs> I'm getting better. I mean, this has been two and a half years, you guys, of me um, trying, or maybe less than that, Pam, because what happened was my tone was so high and my um, muscle spasms were so high. We did two months, I believe, solidly on the Galileo Tiltangle, and that was it. And um, just so that I could get in the XO. So, 
So I don't know if I'm improving. I presume I am, but I know my being on my gait when I get out of the exo has improved. Yes, I would agree. And so I, I think that for you specifically that Galileo is very instrumental and we still obviously use it for a, a small amount of time before we get you in the EXO to make sure that your tone isn't so high that you're not able to use your own muscle control when you're walking. Um, and I do think you're, I know that your walking has gotten much better. You're much more upright. You, you still like to weight shift a little bit strongly onto the right side, but less than you use. And I think you're needing less assistance with keeping the walker straight um, as you're moving forward, which all really positive signs. And you are the only client we have with uh, cerebral palsy using the XO. And what our goals are with it um, is basically to try to normalize your gait um, uh, walking quality as much as possible and and have that translate into how you're walking when you're not in the EXO. Yes, and this leads me to my next adventure in PT, which involves heights. Let's just put it that way. I am now getting on a walk climbing wall for the first time in my life, and my dad came up with this idea. I will will call it bullying. I will call him crazy. He opposed me, I guess, yeah, it would have been on Wednesday night after the XO, obviously, and he goes, do you want to try rock climbing? Well, the next thing I know, we go to the Red Brick, which is one of our local community centers here in Aspen, Colorado. And the next thing I know, I'm signed up for rock climbing. So that's wow. what I'll be doing on Tuesday after the EXO. So hopefully rock climbing will help me improve with the EXO. Um, experiment, because I, I know that I did the little bit of research I did on box climbing and several pulsing. Yes, I did research. And yes, I saw a guy that climbed El Capitan with several pulsing. And yes, I'm bringing him on this podcast because I want to know how he did that. And this guy is in a power wheelchair, and I want to know how he did that. That just inspired me, and of course, I'm going on a lot, climbing along, and I'm doing the thing, that's scary, but still, they say that rock climbing for people with cerebral palsy has great benefits, so we'll see, and I'll keep you guys updated on that journey. Of course, I'll keep my PTs up on that journey, but that's the next adventure in PT. We we figure we might as well keep keep the balls rolling and keep my life interesting and keep my PT interesting. And just to let you guys know, if you want to try an exo, don't. And unfortunately, um, insurance 
doesn't cover the exoskeleton. We wish it did. I say we because Tammy and I wish it did, but we're not at that point yet. And I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Do you tell me where insurance would cover um, robotic technology and artificial intelligence in this way? Well, I, like you, I sure hope it will sometime, but um, those are always big battles to fight with big governmental bureaucracy. Oh, so, oh yes, they <laughs> are. So to me, it seems like we could make a very rational case that this is a form of gate training, which is something that we do in uh, physical therapy that is covered by insurance all of the time. Um, so I, to me, this is very much the same, but I don't get to make the rules, unfortunately. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. You just have to be the team player. And, and unfortunately, this is amazing. It's amazing that we have the exoskeleton. And we also have, we're also acquiring one new exoskeleton, which... I'm not allowed to use. The other one I am allowed to use because the way the other one is set up, um, it gives me more stability. The indigo, I'm not allowed to use it because even though I want to, it's because of my tone. It's because if I fall over and falling over, let's just put it my way, the way I walk, I um, tend to lean forward. So if I fall over in the indigo, it's not going to be pretty tight. And the indigo doesn't have enough support for me. So other people can use it. Their life can use it. But um, indigo doesn't have enough support for CP. So I'm not allowed to use that one. But as of May... And correct me if I'm wrong, Tammy, I'm, I'm going to be using a new exoskeleton that is approved for stroke patients, believe it or not. And that is pretty cool. This technology is, it amazes me twice a week every time I get in that I have this technology in my life. Yes, um, I, the, uh, we are getting a, an updated exoskeleton that has new software in it um, to to now be used, uh, like you said, with uh, it's been FDA approved for use with stroke clients. Um, I wish I could tell you more about it right now, but we are not getting trained on it until May, until the beginning of May. So I, I could be able to speak more uh, much more about it after after I know a little more. But I know yeah. one of the things that it really will allow us to do is um, focus on rehabilitation of one side of the body rather than both sides because often in a stroke, one side is not affected, whereas the other side is having issues with um, strength or sensation or both. So that's all well, I know. So okay, that's being said, so that being said, you, um, let's use me as an example. 
you had been told by Amanda and other people, obviously, that this new exoskeleton can turn itself off so you can look on one side because my um, left side, my left hand is weaker than my right hand. So that means opposite sides of the body. So my weak leg could get strengthened in this new exoskeleton on its own. Correct. That's my understanding. Don't quote me yet. (laughs) Don't quote quote me yet, but I will... I will test it out, you guys, and I will report it back because it's pretty cool that we have this technology um, out there to help the disabled. And what, how we acquired this technology is Amanda Funley, $65,000 through a crowdfunding campaign. And, of course, kids at a day camp helped her crowdfund for this exoskeleton. They sold lemonade. So, of course, many months later, she raises money to get the exoskeleton, uses the heck out of it, like this little small, then decides doesn't have time to use it anymore, decides to found this nonprofit called the Blending Bionics Foundation around this exoskeleton and gives it, gives the exoskeleton as a gift to this valley. And now I wish I had my own exoskeleton. I keep trying to steal the exoskeleton and take it with me, you guys, but I don't think we're getting to that point yet where the exoskeleton is small enough to strap on as one individual. I mean, it takes one PT and one volunteer to strap me in, and I'm carrying battery back. So imagine five foot me carrying a 64-pound device plus a 10-pound battery pack. And, God, that battery pack doesn't do well on my back. <laughs> but, yeah, so what I have to deal with if I want to be a bionic woman and walk. And so, and tell me, I know, uh, I know for a while, Amanda put out a calling to different PTs in this valley, and you guys got trained. And so how did you find out about the Bleeding Bionics Foundation in the first place? All I knew about was um, Amanda put out a call to different PTs. Well, um, I have actually known Amanda for quite some time. Um, I read an article about her in uh, one of the local papers um, talking about how instrumental she was with starting Challenge Aspen, which is a um, a nonprofit also, 
that helps disabled people um, get back on the mountain and ski. And I thought, um, and, and the article was then talking about how she had gone to India for some stem cell therapy and was looking for physical therapy in this valley that wouldn't re- that she did not have insurance that would cover it, um, as is often the case after you've been injured for quite some time. Um, and she was hoping to find a therapist to come work with her um, at home, a therapist or two or three. And one of my good friends happens to know one of her good friends, so I contacted her through the through those friends, and I volunteered to help her do therapy at her house twice a week for, oh, I think I did that for several years. And I even went to India with Amanda on a subsequent trip for uh, on stem cells. And so she and I have been friends since maybe 2005 or so. And when she decided to start bridging bionics, she was she told me about it, and that's how I found out about it. And so that's how you found out about it. Because I know um, she put out a call to all these um, PTs in the valley, and I know uh, a friend of mine who's also a PT started um, with her in the exoskeleton and Libby, the PT who we have a mutual friend is mm-hmm. named Libby. Libby did it for a while, and then um, Libby gave Amanda over to you guys and mm-hmm. gave the extra powers over to me. Jeez, um, the last time I saw Libby, I was getting um, my back brace, my fan base, no, no back brace, Story and obviously tell me knows the back place story, so I won't go into the back place story. But I'm not kidding. When I said exoskeleton to Libby's brother who was casting my back place, Libby ran into that room like there was no small and said, How dare you get in that exoskeleton with a back place? And I'm like, Okay, I haven't even got that place yet. And so I'm like, why are you telling me this day one? And then we quickly discovered, you guys, that the me and that place and the EXO doesn't necessarily play nicely because the EXO um, supports the patient like a big back place. So if you have a big, if you have a bad back, like I do, and a bad knee, like I do, um, the EXO pretty much supports your weight, pretty much supports your back because it's built for paralyzed people. It was originally built for the Army, Army, actually, and how it got its funding was through Harvard and um, Berkeley, and so that's how it got its medical funding, but it was originally built for the Army to help them distribute weight equally. Correct. And they used it a lot so, in um, Afghanistan, I believe. They... They did, and I'll, um, I'll look that up, you guys, so you can see the articles. But the exoskeleton is pretty amazing technology, 
and Tammy is here to attest to that I believe in her physical therapy career. She never thought she would be working with an exoskeleton, did you? I couldn't have dreamed it up when I was in physical therapy no. school. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we couldn't have dreamed it up. We couldn't have dreamed it up in my life. I need to, you guys. So when did you um, want to become a PT? Because PT, PTs are one of those callings. You, you're either excellent at it, which Tammy is, by the way, or you're not excellent at it. You have to have the people personality, and you have to have the roll with the punches personality. Let's just put it that way. PT, physical therapy and um, teaching go hand in hand because um, you have to have the roll with the punches personality in teaching, too. So tell me, when did you want to become a PT, and how did you get into this delightful mess? Um, I became, uh, well, the first time I ever really heard of physical therapy started at, back in high school for me. Um, I was about 15 years old and telling my mom that I was kind of bored one summer. And so she said, well, why don't you do something productive and here somewhere. And we, I lived in Pennsylvania in Pittsburgh. And we had a rehabilitation uh, facility not too far from my house. So I went over there and asked if I could volunteer, and I could. And so I started volunteering there. And one of my jobs as a volunteer was to do sort of a patient satisfaction and discharge questionnaire with them after they had left this facility where they had um, – been living usually for three or four months after some pretty catastrophic change in their life, be it a spinal cord injury or a stroke or something like that, brain injury. And so what I learned in a lot of these, in interviewing a lot of those patients, was that um, one of the things they found most beneficial about their stay was the physical therapy. And so I thought, well, what is that? And so then I asked if I could volunteer in the physical therapy gym more, and I did. And I got to see a little bit more about what the physical therapist did, and I thought it was really interesting. And then I stayed volunteering at that facility until I graduated from high school. And then throughout my undergraduate college experience, I continued to uh, work both as a personal care attendant for uh, several different disabled uh, people, as well as volunteer with um, adaptive sports uh, programs for uh, disabled people. And I worked as a physical therapy aide in a hospital and in a nursing home all during my undergraduate career. I decided I still really liked it. And then from there, applied to physical therapy school, and that's how the whole thing started. That's how the whole that's how the whole thing started. So for you yep. for you it really started in high school essentially that you got a bug. Basically you you got the bug. I got the bug. You guys don't know this, but I got the bug for journalism in elementary in yeah, in elementary school. And so now I 
have given up my, well, semi-given up my teaching weight to um, return to my true love and passion of journalism. <laughs> and, of course, I'll be still using the exoskeleton. And, of course, I'll be watching, uh, from a journalist's point of view, how mental technology is changing as I was in my other man. I mean, here I thought, in my lifetime, I would always be doing traditional PT. Never did I think would I be doing rock climbing. And, yes, the um, person who said, do you want to do rock climbing, was my dad, and I give him full credit for that wonderful idea. And because I have to keep my legs strong somehow. And and then the um, person who's actually going to help me do it, I walk in um, there on this interview is being recorded on a Friday. So I walk in to a local community center on um, Thursday, and I say, oh, by the way, I have sample balls, and my name is Gwen. Do you think I can walk front? And the guy looks at me, doesn't even say, show me your leg strength, show me anything. He goes, yes, absolutely. And I turn and look at my dad, and my, I must have been white as cold because my dad just looks at me like, let's do this. And so I'm really excited to see what I'm excited. Um, mock climbing can do. I'm really excited. And yes, my PT, my PT agrees on the other end because I, um, I'm really excited to see what he, what rock climbing PT can do for exo PT, and I they all go hand in hand, you guys. I mean, you guys know I snowboard in the winter, so it all goes hand in hand. I mean, for me to stay up on the board, the exo helps. Rock climbing will definitely help because it's all strength things. It's a muscle thing too, and so I'm excited. So. I want Tammy to close out this interview, which has been fabulous, by the way, with words of encouragement from a PT to the disabled and the able-bodied to get off their butts and basically do something, because if I fucking... Walk out it one more time. You guys are going to kill me. You guys are going to say, man, you're killing us. Go for walk one more time. And we're already doing that or do something. So tell me, what would be your advice to the able body or the disabled listening to this podcast? Well, you know, when I hear that question, it makes me always go back to one of Newton's laws of physics. And that law says an object at rest tends to remain at rest, and an object in motion tends to remain in motion. And our bodies are meant to move. Our bodies are not meant to be still. And even though sometimes when you think, oh, I'm just so tired, I don't feel like it, oftentimes if you can get up and get moving a little bit, not only will you 
uh, do something good for your body and be able to move a little bit better yet, you'll also get more energy, you'll, you'll feel more positive, you'll be more engaged, and you, we just need to keep moving, keep moving forward and um, doing everything that we can to keep ourselves uh, in motion. Even walking up a set of stairs, you guys, helps. I, well, I forced myself. I had two, two sets of stairs at my house. Just went down to my bedroom. I have to walk up a flight of stairs, walk across a hallway, and then walk down a flight of stairs. Man, I consider that my stairmaster throughout the day. I forced myself go eat lunch and dinner on a different level of my house, and so I forced myself to walk up and down a flight of stairs, and so you you think I should take the elevator at work to take the lazy way out? You probably could do a better job with your body moving up those stairs. I know you guys have stairs at work. I know you guys listen to this at the gym, so I, you can probably do better walking up a flight of stairs than taking the elevator, just saying, and trust me, this is coming out of a disabled woman, and if I could have the little more strength, I would, and as I said, the episodes improve my strength tremendously, and now we have to see um, how rock climbing will improve my strength, and hopefully that will be um, that will improve my strength, and hopefully we'll get some inspiration from. As I said at the top of this phone call, I invited the young man. Well, he's not a young man anymore. He must be in his 40s with Sam Halsey, and he climbed El Capitan, El Capitan out in California with um, with Sam Halsey, with guides, with help. And um, they say in the YouTube video um, of this guy climbing El Capitan, they say that it's interesting for able-bodied people to climb El Capitan, not the disabled necessarily. So he holds the record for climbing El Capitan. So I am, and the only reason why I found out about his story is because I was researching rock climbing with Sam Walsh. And so I'm interested to find out how he did it and what secrets he has for all of us who want to get into rock climbing or just get more physically fit. Well, I think that sounds like a good adventure to embark on, and hopefully we can get him on your show. Yeah, Yeah, that's we're in communications right now with him, and I'm shocked that that he emailed me back. See, research, research, you guys, send me out a rabbit hole about something I'm doing. I land up getting, I land up going to interview with the mountains climbing. But I know a lot of able-bodied people who have mountain climbing, have uses indoor work climbing. Well, so we'll see what um, it does for me and 
the research says it makes your body stronger, it makes your hands stronger, so, yeah. And, Terry, I'm going to ask, ask you, because you're so good at promoting programs, where can people donate to, to us? I should put me in there also. Where can people donate to the Blazing Bionics Foundation? And if they want to, if they're out there and listening to this podcast or know someone who is coming out here and listening to this podcast, where can they sign up to be a volunteer? Because you guys have to be trained because the exoskeleton is so huge. And me, I don't want to fall over the exoskeleton. So, of course, you guys have to be trained. But where can people donate and where can people um, understand what we all trying to do? I think the best place to go is to our website, which is bridgingbionics.org. And that has information about who we are, who works at Bridging Bionics. It has some great videos showing the kind of technology that we have and what we do. It has um, contact information if somebody's interested in getting involved in our program, um, either as a volunteer or as a client. And it also has a section for donations if people are so inclined. Um, what we yeah. do is really pretty, pretty unique and special uh, by not going through insurance and by having this um, nonprofit charitably funded for our clients. Um, it really is pretty amazing that clients can come, use our program, and all we ask of them is a $500 a year commitment. And if they can't mm-hmm. afford that, there are scholarships available. Yeah, they're all scholarships available, but I am so dedicated to my body, you guys. I sell out to 500 bucks myself, and it comes out of my bank account, and I'm so committed to this that um, I don't want to take a scholarship spot if I don't have to. So that's why I brought Tammy on the program to explain not only how it's impacted me, but the rest of the individuals. I mean, we, I think, our youngest, our youngest soon-to-be participant is five with cerebral palsy. Our oldest participant um, is in our as our youngest client, go ahead. She's she's three. Um, oh my god! Oh my god! I knew about the five year old, but I didn't know about the three year old. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah. Our youngest, our youngest client is three. Never mind. I knew about the five year old. I heard talk about the five year old, the three year old, and all this client is in her eighties. In her eighties with Parkinson's disease. So we spend gamut, you guys, from CP to um, Parkinson's disease, from being com- to being completely paralyzed. I mean, we have guys in there and ladies in there who are completely paralyzed, and um, some of them can walk, others use assistive devices, and of course, you have me in there, which cerebral palsy, both persons for cerebral palsy, and 
spokesperson for Williams' greatest technology. So, yes, and of course, I'll be all be keeping you guys updated on the exoskeleton and my little adventure in rock climbing, which should be fun, which has nothing to do with the exoskeleton. The exoskeleton came into my life first before rock climbing, but um, apparently they're not adapting rock climbing for me, so we'll see. We'll see if Wynn can do it, but I know I can. I know I can. I know you can. I have enough leg strength that um, I can do it, and we'll see. And so it's going to be a fun little adventure, and of course, I'll keep you guys updated on the EXO. And tell me, before I let you go, I want you to ask me a couple questions that you think my fan base should know a little bit more about me because I always like to end these interviews with my interviewees asking you a couple questions. Well, I guess I would ask you what you just asked me is why do you think it's important to uh, keep moving? And what, what's your best advice when you don't when you don't my, my my best advice is as as you guys know I schedule PT and box climbing is included in PT as, on my schedule so I'll just put box climbing PT on my schedule until I'll do it for next Tuesday and so I schedule PT just as a meeting in my life. No, I don't have my phone. No, I won't take my phone. Box climbing with me. God, I'm not that much. But um, I just schedule it as a um, meeting so I can get out the door without people bothering me because if you don't schedule it as a, um, if you don't put working out in your schedule, you won't be able to do it. And I know PTs do the exact same thing. They schedule it before um, they come to work on, at least they should, because um, PT is physically demanding on the PT's body. So um, if we're not, if the PT is not keeping their own body in shape, it's going to be a mess because um, if the PT can't hold on to the exo while the patient like me is in the exo, it's going to be a mess. <laughs> we're all, all going to land up on the floor and that's not don't be good thing. So I would say just put it in your schedule. Just schedule it like a meeting and say, this is tell people, I'm going to the gym, I'm going to do this, I'm going home, I'm going to play tennis, I'm going to watch crime and do it. And then schedule it with people who can assist if you need assistance or just schedule it with friends to get the motivation. I think that's great advice. Uh, one other yeah. question I would have for you, Wynn, is uh, what have you noticed about the connections between what you eat and what your body's able to do? 
Oh, geez. What I <laughs> well, tell me, tell me has seen this. Tell me has seen my um, sugar. Uh, my sugar diet <laughs> go up at all first hand. No, um, and as you know, my body started revolting on me. I guess, I guess, no, it had to be named that it started revolting on me because I turned 30 in June. So it was a couple, it was a month before I turned um, 30. And that my body started revolving on me and my sugar intakes, my um, over-processed sugar intakes were out of this world and it wasn't good. So um, that being said, I, when I eat stuff like that, when I eat crap, like the sugars and the, um, the stuff that's not good for you, I notice my body just revolved on me and revolved and it did it again Easter Sunday I put one one I'm mean, not kidding one chocolate egg in my mouth and it didn't taste that I could eat <laughs> so I don't know why I did that but my um, my CP just went bananas on Sunday, so I I learned my lesson all the way. I put one chocolate egg in my nose on Saturday, and then my CP went bananas on Sunday. And uh, yeah, my CP going bananas isn't a good thing. And then when I finally got to control it on Monday, they're like, "What happened to you?" And so I had to explain to these wonderful PTs in the exo show with him that I ate a piece of chocolate and my body's not used to eating it and my CT went bananas and so they go nuts eating a piece of chocolate and I get so I have a decided I'm officially allergic to sugar because I don't want my CT to go bananas. <laughs> CT going bananas isn't good. Any disability, no. any disability going bananas isn't good. And so um, my last line here is if you let a disability go to the extreme, it will get on top of you, whereas I would like to be on top of it. Thank you very much. So that's why I'm a mad woman when it comes to working out, and that's why I'm a mad woman when it comes to the XO and yeah and of course I'll be continuing the XO as long as my body allows it and I'll be continuing rock climbing as long as my body allows it and if my body says I don't like rock climbing we go back to the XO and we never do rock climbing again but I am pretty sure that my body will like rock climbing because rock climbing is one of those things that will make my body stronger. So I'm pretty sure that my body likes being strong and likes movement. I am the atypical cerebral palsy that likes movement, that is a daredevil. So um, therefore, I like movement. I don't like sitting around. I tell you guys, when I... Um, 
I travel and I'm in my wheelchair. I get antsy by I get antsy by the end of the day. I'm like, get me out of this wheelchair, get me out and move me and move, get me to walk and get me to walking space because I get antsy by the end of the day. So I use a wheelchair for long distances, you guys, like airports and shopping malls. Well, the because of that, when I use it for long distances, I get antsy by the end of the day. So I like to move when I'm the atypical sample all day. So that's why I say get up and move and get it in the, get it in your schedule and just have fun with it. Zoom is a wonderful thing and the EXO is a wonderful thing and Danny, you're doing such a great job that PTs, I decided after 30 years of dealing with PTs, PTs and OTs are my favorite people on the planet. PTs and OTs are my favorite people on the planet because they keep me healthy. They keep me healthy and along with um, all this exercise and all this new exercise I'm doing, I'm surprised that I'm still healthy. And the quality um, old benefits of walking in the XO. And, yeah, that's just the start of it, you guys. So go look at videos. There's, I'm probably on the Blending Bionics Facebook page, and I'm probably on the website doing something crazy on the yellow kill table walking in the exoskeleton. And so go watch those videos and please, 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 please for Amanda's purposes, donate, donate, donate. And it is tax deductible. It is tax deductible, you guys. So, um, so there we go. You can do it on your taxes and just and Amanda likes checks. And in the memo section, put in the memo section if you guys do buy the check in honor of Winchell's because then it cuts out all the fees of PayPal's and all that good stuff. So if you do decide to donate, we would be very grateful because that's Tammy's paycheck, we're talking about Tammy's paycheck here, and the physical therapist, you get paid, and I um, I just come as a patient, even though I have to pay the $500 fee, I, I get it for a year, they don't, um, they don't charge me every single month, they charge me at the beginning of the year, and then that's it until the next year. So that's how the Bleeding Bionics Foundation works. And please, 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 if you want to support this amazing technology and work that we are doing, I say we because I feel like I'm a member of the Bleeding Bionics family, which I am. And please donate. Please stop this podcast. Go look it up on your phones and go tap it in my show notes. And please donate to Amanda, and she would be forever grateful. So would Tammy, and so would the rest of the crew, and so would I, you guys. I mean, this technology 
is newer technology, and we need to keep it up in the bowling. And so I would like to thank Tammy for coming on and sharing a little bit about behind the scenes of the EXO, and you guys will be hearing this episode on Monday, if I can get it together over the weekend to um, do it. I will put this episode out on Monday so you guys can start your week off with a little dose of information to go work out. And I definitely thank Sammy for coming on and sharing her experience with the info and with me. And so thank you for having I, me. And- well, you're welcome. And I just hope you guys enjoyed that episode and got to see a little sneak peek into my life. And I may bring my next PT on if he's willing to do it. Yes, I now have a guy working with me, a big, strong guy teaching me how to work. Find my, it's no skinny women teaching me how to work. So I'm, the skinny women are where the being in the XOs. I wish big, strong guys were PTs in the XOs, but we get big, strong guys to volunteer, so that's a good thing. So um, I do have a guy teaching me how to run time, and as, as I said, he said to me yesterday, um, yesterday being Thursday, he said, yes, absolutely, let's do this. So we'll see what happens, and I will keep you guys up there, and I will keep Tammy up there, and we'll just keep win moving best we can. And so Sounds thank good. you guys, and thank you, Tammy, and I want you guys to go work out and get moving and listen to me as you're doing it. Thanks, see you guys. Bye. Welcome to Ask Win, everyone. And today you guys get a VIP access to my PT routine because I have brought the best, one of the best PTs on the planet on this podcast today. And the reason why I say one of is because we have three. And the reason why I say we is because they all work for non-profits that I've been involved with for about two years. And Tammy can correct me on that one. And Tammy's been involved just as long as I have. We teamed up because of Amanda Bucknell, and way back when Amanda came on this podcast to explain what she was doing with the Galileo show table and the EXO. So, without further ado, I'm going to let me take it away, and then at the end of you guys, I have a major announcement related to PT which scares me half to death, but I've decided to step out of 
my comfort zone a little bit. So I will tell you guys what this is at the end. And Tammy doesn't even know I'm doing this. And she sees me once a week. So it's pretty cool, you guys, what my next adventure in physical therapy is going to be. I just decided yesterday. So it's pretty cool. But without further ado, I'm going to let Miss Tammy take it away. Well, thanks, Lynn, and thanks for having me. Um, I'm excited to hear what your next adventure is. Um, I know you what are, because <laughs> you don't even know. I know. So um, how would you like me to start, When You want me to just talk about the program or? I would love for you to talk about the program and then um, talk about what I'm doing and why I, we believe, I'm the only person with cerebral palsy walking in an exoskeleton. Okay. Well, our program, Bridging Bionics, has been around now for about two and a half years. It was, um, it's a very generous nonprofit started by Amanda Boxtel. Um, when we very first started, we had two High technology pieces of equipment. One is the exo robotic um, exoskeleton that you walk in, as well as the Galileo vibrational tilt table. And we had quite a bit of success with both of those pieces of equipment in helping um, a variety of clients who have a wide range of disabilities. Um, from spinal cord injuries to Parkinson's to multiple sclerosis to cerebral palsy. Um, we have continued to expand our program with new equipment and as the three of us PTs have worked with more clients and worked with this equipment that we had not had any training on prior to starting with Bridging Bionics, um, we have learned a lot from our clients and from each other and are making progress. Um, so the EXO robotic skeleton that Wynn walks in is a 46-pound piece of equipment that we strap on to her. It's measured specifically for uh, Wynn's measurements. And the robot is pretty amazing in that it can go uh, it, it's very adjustable, and it can range from uh, working for smaller people, which Wynn is, of about five feet tall, and we've used it yes. on clients as tall as six foot five, so it's quite adjustable. So the first thing we do when we have a client is measure them and make sure the robot fits uh, appropriately. And then the way the robot works is we uh, we program into the robot certain parameters that we want to use, such as how long is the step going to be, how high is the step going to be, um, and things like that. And the robot also has the ability to work with each individual client in a mode where if the client has some muscle strength, which Wynn does, they can use that muscle strength to help the robot. If a patient is completely paralyzed, 
then the robot will do the walking for them 100%. Um, so once we have the robot strapped on, we and we've programmed in all of the parameters, we stand up in the robot, make sure everything is adjusted just right, and then we start walking. And how the robot works is, if you can, if you imagine it, when you're walking, every time you put one foot forward, you shift your weight forward over that foot and a little bit towards the outside of the foot. And so what the robot does is it has a sensor underneath the foot plate that the uh, patient's foot is resting on. And when it senses that you've shifted forward and over onto that one foot, then it starts to move the other leg forward. And then the next leg, you, same thing. You have to weight shift forward and to the side, and then, and then that sequence just repeats again and again in a very smooth walking pattern. And that's basically how that robot and works. I, I have to admit to you guys, I'm terrible at the weight shifting of the exo. I think it's my... I I have to admit this. I please you be on this one. I am terrible at weight shifting. One side of my body is stronger than the other side, and I am opposite sides of body, which means my right hand is stronger than my left leg. So I am a mess when it comes to. Um, Walking in the EXO, I'm getting better. <laughs> I'm getting better. Well, I mean, this has been two and a half years, you guys, of me um, trying, or maybe less than that, Pam, because what happened was my tone was so high and my um, muscle spasms were so high. We did two months, I believe, solidly on the Galileo toe-tangle, and that was it. And um, just so that I could get in the exo. So I don't know if I'm improving. I presume I am, but I know my speed on my gait when I get out of the exo has improved. Yes, I would agree. And so I, I think that for you specifically that Galileo is very instrumental and we still obviously use it for a, a small amount of time before we get you in the EXO to make sure that your tone isn't so high that you're not able to use your own muscle control when you're walking. Um, and I do think you're, I know that your walking has gotten much better. You're much more upright. You, you still like to weight shift a little bit strongly onto the right side, but less than you use. And I think you're needing less assistance with keeping the walker straight um, as you're moving forward, which all really positive signs. And you are the only client we have with uh, cerebral palsy using the EXO. And what our goals are with it um, is basically to try to normalize your gait um, uh, walking quality as much as possible and, and have that translate into how you're walking when you're not in the EXO. Yes. And this leads me to my next adventure in PT, which in uh, involves heights. Let's just 
put it that way. I am now getting on a luck finding wall for the first time in my life. And my dad came up with this idea. I I will call it brilliant. I won't call him crazy. He opposed me, I guess, yeah, it would have been on Wednesday night after the XO, obviously. And he goes, do you want to try rock climbing? Well, the next thing I know, we go to the Red Brick, which is one of our local community centers here in Aspen, Colorado. And the next thing I know, I'm signed up for rock climbing. So that's wow. what I'll be doing on Tuesday after the EXO. So hopefully rock climbing will help me improve with the EXO um, experiment. <laughs> because I, I know that I did the little bit of research I did on rock climbing and cerebral palsy. And yes, I did research. And yes, I found a guy that climbed El Capitan with cerebral palsy. And yes, I'm bringing him on this podcast because I want to know how he did that. And this guy is in a power wheelchair, and I want to know how he did that. That just inspired me. And, of course, I'm going on a lot, climbing along, and not doing anything. That's scary. But still, they say that rock climbing for people with cerebral palsy has great benefits. So we'll see, and I'll keep you guys updated on that journey. Of course, I'll keep my PTs updated on that journey, but that's the next adventure in PT. We figure we might as well keep keep the balls rolling and keep my life interesting and keep my PT interesting. And just to let you guys know, if you want to try an exo don't, and unfortunately, um, insurance doesn't cover the exoskeleton. We wish it did. I say we because Tammy and I wish it did, but we're not at that point yet. And I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Do you tell me where insurance would cover um, robotic technology and artificial intelligence in this way? Well, I, like you, I sure hope it will sometime, but um, those are always big battles to fight with big governmental bureaucracy. Oh, so, oh yes, <laughs> So to me, it seems like we could make a very rational case that this is a form of gait training, which is something that we do in uh, physical therapy that is covered by insurance all of the time. Um, so I, to me, this is very much the same, but I don't get to make the rules, unfortunately. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. You just have to be the team player. And, and unfortunately, this is amazing. It's amazing that we have the excess skeleton. And we also have, we're also acquiring one new exoskeleton, which I'm not allowed to use. The other one I am allowed to use because the way the other one is set up, um, 
it gives me more stability. The indigo, I'm not allowed to use it, you guys. Even though I want to, it's because of my tone. It's because if I fall over and falling over, let's just put it my way, the way I walk, I um, tend to lean forward. So if I fall over in the indigo, it's not going to be a pretty sight. And the indigo doesn't have enough support for me. So other people can use it. Their life can use it, but um, indigo doesn't have enough support for CP. So I'm not allowed to use that one, but as of May, and correct me if I'm wrong, tell me, I'm, I'm going to be using a new exoskeleton that is approved for stroke patients, believe it or not, and that is pretty cool. This technology is, it amazes me twice a week every time I get in that I have this technology in my life. Yes, um, I the, uh, we are getting a, an updated exoskeleton that has new software in it um, to to now be used. Uh, like you said, with uh, it's been FDA approved for use with stroke clients. Um, I wish I could tell you more about it right now, but we are not getting trained on it until May, until the beginning of May. So I I could be able to speak more. Uh, much more about it after after I know a little more. But I know yeah. one of the things that it really will allow us to do is um, focus on rehabilitation of one side of the body rather than both sides because often in a stroke, one side is not affected, whereas the other side is having issues with um, strength or sensation or both. So that's all well, I know. Okay, that being said, so that being said, you um, let's use me as an example. You have been told by Amanda and other people, obviously, that this new exoskeleton can turn itself off so you can work on one side because my um, left side, my left hand is weaker than my right hand. So that means opposite sides of the body. So my weak leg could get strengthened in this new exoskeleton on its own. Correct. That's my understanding. Don't quote me yet. (laughs) Don't, Don't quote don't quote to me yet, but I will I will test it out, you guys, and I will report back because it's pretty cool that we have this technology um, out there to help the disabled and what how we acquired this technology is Amanda Fundley. $65,000 through a crowdfunding campaign. And, of course, kids at a day camp helped her crowdfund for this exoskeleton. They sold lemonade. 
So, of course, many months later, she raises the money to get the gang extra skeleton, uses the heck out of it, like this no small, then decides, doesn't have time to use it anymore, decides to found this non-profit called the Living Bionics Foundation around this exoskeleton and gives it, gives the exoskeleton as a gift to this valley. And now I wish I had my own exoskeleton. I keep trying to steal the exoskeleton and take it home with me, guys. But I don't think we're getting to that point yet where the exoskeleton is small enough to strap on as one individual. I mean, it takes one PT and one volunteer to strap me in. And I'm carrying battery back. So imagine five foot me carrying a 64 pound device plus a 10 pound battery pack. And God, that battery pack doesn't do well on my back. But yeah, so what I have to deal with if I want to be a bionic woman and walk. And so, and tell me, I know, uh, I know for a while, Amanda put out a calling to different PTs in this valley, and you guys got trained. And so, how did you find out about the Bleeding Bionic Foundation in the first place? All I knew about was um, Amanda put out a call to different PTs. Well, um, I have actually known Amanda for quite some time. Um, I read an article about her in uh, one of the local papers um, talking about how instrumental she was with starting Challenge Aspen, which is a um, a nonprofit also that helps disabled people um, get back on the mountain and ski. And I thought, um, and, and the article was then talking about how she had gone to India for some stem cell therapy and was looking for physical therapy in this valley that wouldn't re- that she did not have insurance that would cover it um, as is often the case after you've been injured for quite some time um, and she was hoping to find a therapist to come work with her um, at home a therapist or two or three and one of my good friends happens to know one of her good friends so I contacted her through the through those friends, and I have volunteered to help her do therapy at her house twice a week for, oh, I think I did that for several years, and I even went to India with Amanda on a subsequent trip for uh, on stem cells, and so she and I have been friends since maybe 2005 or so, and when she decided to start Bridging Bionics, she was she told me about it, and that's how I found out about it. And so that's how you found out about it. Because I know um, she put out a call to all these um, PTs in the valley, and I know a friend of mine who's also a PT started um, with her in the exoskeleton and Libby, the PT 
who may have a mutual friend is mm-hmm. named Libby. Libby did it for a while, and then um, Libby gave Amanda over to you guys and mm-hmm. gave the extra powers over to me. Jeez, um, the last time I saw Libby, I was getting um, my back brace, my fan base, no, no back brace story, and obviously Tammy knows the back brace story, so I won't go into the back brace story. But I'm not kidding. When I said exoskeleton to Libby's brother who was casting my back brace, Libby ran into that room like there was no tall and said, how dare you get in that exoskeleton with a back brace? And I'm like, okay, I haven't even got that brace yet. And <laughs> I'm like, why are you telling me this day one? And then we quickly discovered, you guys, that the me and that brace and the exo doesn't necessarily play nicely because the exo um, supports the patient like a big back brace. So if you have a big, if you have a bad back, like I do and a bad knee, like I do, um, the exo pretty much supports your weight, pretty much supports your back because it's built for paralyzed people. It was originally built for the Army Army, actually, and how it got its funding was through Harvard and um, Berkeley. And so that's how it got its medical funding. But it was originally built for the Army to help them distribute weight equally. Correct. And they used it a lot so, in um, Afghanistan, I believe. They... They did, and I'll, um, I'll look that up, you guys, so you can see the articles. But the exoskeleton is pretty amazing technology, and Tammy is here to attest to that I believe in her physical therapy career. She never thought she would be working with an exoskeleton, did you? I couldn't have dreamed it up when I was in physical therapy no. school. <laughs> no. No, we couldn't have dreamed it up. We couldn't have dreamed it up in my life. I need you guys. So when did you um, want to become a PT? Because PT, PTs are one of those callings. You, you're either excellent at it, which Tammy is, by the way, or you're not excellent at it. You have to have the people personality, and you have to have the role with the punches personality. Let's just put it that way. PT, physical therapy and um, teaching go hand in hand because um, you have to have the role with the punches personality in teaching, too. So tell me, when did you want to become a PT, and how did you get into this delightful mess? Um, I became, uh, well, the first time I ever really heard of physical therapy started back in high school for me. Um, I was about 15 years old and telling my mom that I was kind of bored one summer. And so she said, well, why don't you do something productive and here somewhere? 
And we, I lived in Pennsylvania in Pittsburgh, and we had a rehabilitation uh, facility not too far from my house. So I went over there and asked if I could volunteer, and I could. And so I started volunteering there. And one of my jobs as a volunteer was to do sort of a patient satisfaction and discharge questionnaire with them after they had left this facility where they had um, been living usually for three or four months after some pretty catastrophic change in their life, be it a spinal cord injury or a stroke or something like that, brain injury. And so what I learned in a lot of these, in interviewing a lot of those patients was that um, one of the things they found most beneficial about their stay was the physical therapy. And so I thought, well, what is that? And so then I asked if I could volunteer in the physical therapy gym more, and I did. And I got to see a little bit more about what the physical therapists did, and I thought it was really interesting. And then I stayed volunteering at that facility until I graduated from high school. And then throughout my undergraduate college experience, I continued to uh, work both as a personal care attendant for uh, several different disabled uh, people, as well as volunteer with um, adaptive sports uh, programs for uh, disabled people. And I worked as a physical therapy aide in a hospital and in a nursing home all during my undergraduate career, decided I still really liked it. And then from there, applied to physical therapy school, and that's how the whole thing started. That's how the whole, that's how the whole thing started. So for you, yep. for you, it really started in high school, essentially, that you got a bug, basically, you, you got the bug. I got the bug, you guys don't know this, but I got the bug for journalism in elementary, in, yeah, in elementary school. And so now I have given up my, well, some I've given up my teaching week to um, return to my true love and passion of journalism. <laughs> and, of course, I'll be still using the exoskeleton. And, of course, I'll be watching, um, from a journalist's point of view, how mental technology is changing as I was in my other man. I mean, here I thought in my lifetime I would always be doing traditional PT. Never did I think would I be doing rock climbing. And, yes, the um, person who said, do you want to do rock climbing, was my dad, and I give him full credit for that wonderful idea. And because I have to keep my legs strong somehow. And and then the um, person who's actually going to help me do it, I walk in um, there on this interview is being recorded on a Friday. So I walk in to a local community center on um, Thursday, and I say, oh, by the way, I have sample calls, and my name is when do you think I can walk front? And the guy looks at me, doesn't even say, show me your leg strength, show me anything. He goes, yes, absolutely. And I turn and look at my dad, and my 
I must have been annoyed at his ghost because my dad just looks at me like, let's do this. And so I'm really excited to see what I'm excited. Um, luck climbing can do. I'm really excited. And yes, my PT, my PT agrees on the other end because I, uh, I'm really excited to see what he, what rock climbing PT can do for exo PT, and I they all go hand in hand, you guys. I mean, you guys know I snowboard in the winter, so it all goes hand in hand. I mean, for me to stay up on the board, the exo helps. Rock climbing will definitely help because it's all strength things. It's a muscle thing too, and so I'm excited. So. I want Tammy to close out this interview, which has been fabulous, by the way, with words of encouragement from a PT to the disabled and the able-bodied to get off their butts and basically do something, because if I fucking Walk about it one more time. You guys are going to kill me. You guys are going to say, man, you're telling us to go for a walk one more time, and we're already doing that or do something. So tell me, what would be your advice to the able body or the disabled listening to this podcast? Well, you know, when I hear that question, it makes me always go back to one of Newton's laws of physics and that law says an object at rest tends to remain at rest and an object in motion tends to remain in motion and our bodies are meant to move our bodies are not meant to be still and even though sometimes when you think oh I'm just so tired I don't feel like it oftentimes if you can get up and get moving a little bit not only will you uh, do something good for your body and be able to move a little bit better yet, you'll also get more energy, you'll you'll feel more positive, you'll be more engaged, and you, we just need to keep moving, keep moving forward and um, doing everything that we can to keep ourselves uh, in motion. Even walking up a set of stairs, you guys, helps. I, well, I forced myself I had two two set of stairs at my house. Just went down to my bedroom. I have walked up a flight of stairs, walked across the hallway, and then walked down a flight of stairs. Man, I consider that my stairmaster throughout the day. I forced myself to eat lunch and dinner on a different level of my house, and so I forced myself to walk up and down a flight of stairs, and so you you think I should take the elevator at work to take the lazy way out? You probably could do a better job with your body moving up those stairs. I know you guys have stairs at work. I know you guys listen to this at the gym, so I you could probably do better walking up a flight of than taking the elevator, just saying, and trust me, this is coming out of a disabled woman, and if I could have the little more strength, I would, and as I said, the exos improve my strength tremendously, and now we have to see 
um, how rock climbing will improve my strength and hopefully that will be um, that will improve my strength and hopefully we'll get some inspiration from as I said at the top of this phone call, I invited the young man well he's not a young man anymore, he must be in his 40s with Sam Palsy, and he climbed El Capitan, El Capitan out in California with um, with Sam Palsy, with guides, with help, and um, they say in the YouTube video um, of this guy climbing El Capitan, they say that it's interesting for able-bodied people to climb El Capitan, not the disabled necessarily. So he holds the record for climbing El Capitan. So I am, and the only reason why I found out about his story is because I was researching rock climbing with Sam Baldy. And so I'm interested to find out how he did and what secrets he has for all of us who want to get into rock climbing or just get more physically fit. Well, I think that sounds like a good adventure to embark on, and hopefully we can get him on your show. Yeah, Yeah, that's we're in communications right now with him, and I'm shocked that that he emailed me back. See, research, research, you guys, send me out a rabbit hole about something I'm doing. I land up getting, I land up going to interview with the mountains climbing. But I know a lot of able-bodied people who have mountain climbing, have users in the work climbing. Well, so we'll see what um, it does for me. And the research says it makes your body stronger and makes your hands stronger, so yes. And Tammy, I'm going to ask ask you, because you're so good at promoting programs, where can people donate to to us? I should put me in there also. Where can people donate to the Blazing Bionics Foundation? And if they want to if they're out here and listening to the podcast or know someone who is coming out here and listening to this podcast, where can they sign up to be a volunteer? Because you guys have to be trained because the exoskeleton is so huge. And me, I don't want to fall over the exoskeleton. So of course, you guys have to be trained. But where can people donate and where can people um understand what we all trying to do. I think the best place to go is to our website, which is bridgingbionics, all one word, dot org. And that has information about who we are, who works at Bridging Bionics. It has some great videos showing the kind of technology that we have and what we do. It has um, contact information if somebody's interested in getting involved in our program, um, either as a volunteer or as a client. And it also has a section for donations if people are so inclined. Um, what we yeah. do is really pretty, pretty unique and special. 
by not going through insurance and by having this um, nonprofit charitably funded for our clients, um, it really is pretty amazing that clients can come, use our program, and all we ask of them is a $500 a year commitment. And if they can't mm-hmm. afford that, there are scholarships available. Yeah, they're all scholarships available. But I am so dedicated to my body, you guys. I sell out to 500 bucks myself, and it comes out of my bank account. And I'm so committed to this that um, I don't want to take a scholarship spot if I don't have to. So that's why I brought Tammy on the program to explain not only how it's impacted me, but the rest of the individuals. I mean, we, I think, our youngest, our youngest soon-to-be participant is five with cerebral palsy. Our oldest participant um, is in our our youngest client, go ahead. She's she's three. Um, oh my god! Oh my god! I know about the five year old, but I didn't know about the three year old. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah. Our youngest, uh, youngest client is three. Never mind. I knew about the five year old. I heard talk about the five year old, the three year old, and all this client is in her eighties. In her eighties with Parkinson's disease. So we spend gamut, you guys, from CP to um, Parkinson's disease, from being com- to being completely paralyzed. I mean, we have guys in there and ladies in there who are completely paralyzed, and um, some of them can walk. Others use assistive devices, and of course, you have me in there which cerebral palsy, spokesperson for cerebral palsy, and spokesperson for latest and greatest technology. So, yes, and of course, I'll be, I'll be keeping you guys updated on the exoskeleton and my little adventure in rock fighting, which should be fun, which has nothing to do with the exoskeleton. The exoskeleton came into my life first before rock climbing, but um, apparently they're not adapting rock climbing for me, so we'll see. We'll see if Wynn can do it, but I know I can. I know I can. I know you can. I have enough leg strength that um, I can do it, and we'll see. And so it's going to be a fun little adventure, and of course, I'll keep you guys up on the EXO, and tell me before I let you go, I want you to ask me a couple questions that you think my fan base should know a little bit more about me, because I always like to end these interviews with my interviewees asking me a couple questions. Well, I guess I would ask you what you just asked me is why do you think it's important to uh, keep moving, and what, what's your best advice when you don't when you don't my 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 best advice is as as you guys know I schedule PT and box climbing is included in PT 
uh, on my schedule. So I'll just put Moxbud and PT on my schedule until I'll do it for next Tuesday. And so I schedule PT just as a meeting in my life. No, I don't have my phone. No, I won't take my phone. Box climbing with me. God, I'm not that much. But um, I just schedule it as a um, meeting so I can get out the door without people bothering me because if you don't schedule it as a um, – if you don't put working out in your schedule – you won't be able to do it. And I know PTs do the exact same thing. They schedule it before um, they come to work on it, which they should, because um, PT is physically demanding on the PT's body. So um, if we're not, if the PT is not keeping their body in shape, it's going to be a mess. Because um, if the PT can't hold on to the exo while the patient like me is in the exo, it's going to be a mess. <laughs> we're all, all going to land up on the floor, and that's not going to be a good thing. So I would say just put it in your schedule. Just schedule it like a meeting and say, this is tell people, I'm going to the gym, I'm going to do this, I'm going so, but I'm going to play tennis, I'm going to watch climb and do it. And then schedule it with people who can assist if you need assistance. Or just schedule it with friends to get the motivation. I think that's great advice. Uh, one other yeah. question I would have for you, Wynn, is uh, what have you noticed about the connections between what you eat and what your body's able to do. Oh, jeez. What I <laughs> Well, Tammy, Tammy has seen this. Tammy has seen my um, sugar, uh, my sugar diet <laughs> go out to the whole first hand. No, um, and as you know, my body started revolting on me, I guess, I guess. <laughs> No, it had to be me that it started revolting on me because I turned 30 in June. So it was a couple, it was a month before I turned um, 30 and that my body started revolting on me and my sugar intakes, my um, overprocessed sugar intakes were out of this world and it wasn't good. So, um, that being said, I, when I eat stuff like that, when I eat crap, like the sugars and the, um, the stuff that's not good for you, I notice my body just revolves on me. It revolves and it did it again. Easter Sunday, I put one, one, I mean, I'm kidding, one chocolate egg in my mouth and it didn't taste very good <laughs> so I don't know why I did that, but my um, my CP just went bananas on Sunday, so I I learned my lesson all the way. I put one chocolate egg in my nose, 
on Saturday and the spicy pea went bananas on Sunday and uh, yeah, my CP going bananas isn't a good thing. And then when I finally got to controlling on Monday, they're like, what happened to you? And so I had to explain to these wonderful PTs in the exo show with him that I ate a piece of chocolate and my body's not used to eating it and my CP went bananas. And so they go nuts eating a piece of chocolate. And they get, so I have a decided that I'm officially allergic to sugar because I don't want my CT to go bananas. <laughs> CT going bananas isn't good. Any disability, no. any disability going bananas isn't good. And so um, my last line here is if you let a disability go to the extreme, it will get on top of you, whereas I would like to be on top of it. Thank you very much. So that's why I'm a mad woman when it comes to working out, and that's why I'm a mad woman when it comes to the XO. And, yeah, and, of course, I'll be continuing the XO as long as my body allows it, and I'll be continuing rock climbing as long as my body allows it, and if my body says I don't like rock climbing, we go back to the XO, and we never do rock climbing again. But I am pretty sure that my body will like rock climbing because rock climbing is one of those things that will make my body stronger. So I am pretty sure that my body likes being strong and likes movement. I am the atypical cerebral palsy that likes movement, that is a daredevil. So, um, therefore, I like movement. I don't like sitting around. I tell you guys, when I um, travel and I'm in my wheelchair, I get antsy by, I get antsy by the end of the day. I'm like, get me out of this wheelchair. Get me out and move me and move get me to walk and get me to walking space because I get antsy by the end of the day. So I use a wheelchair for long distances, you guys, like airports and shopping malls. Well, the because of that, when I use it for long distances, I get antsy by the end of the day. So I like movement. I'm the atypical sample mall. So that's why I say get up and move and get it in the, get it in your schedule and just have fun with it. Zoom is a wonderful thing and the XO is a wonderful thing and Danny, you're doing such a great job that PTs, I decided after 30 years of dealing with PTs, PTs and OTs are my favorite people on the planet. PTs and OTs are my favorite people on the planet because they keep me healthy. They keep me healthy and along with um, all this exercise and all this new exercise I'm doing, I'm surprised that I'm still healthy. And the cordial um, benefits of walking in the XO and yeah, that's just the start of it, you guys. So go look at videos, there's, I'm probably on the Bunding Bionics 
Facebook page, and I'm probably on the website doing something crazy on the Galileo right. Joe Table <laughs> walking in the exoskeleton. And so go watch those videos, and please, 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 for Amanda's purposes, donate, donate, donate. And it is tax deductible. It is deductible, you guys. So, um, so there we go. You can do it on e-taxes and just and Amanda likes checks. And in the memo section, put in the memo section if you guys do buy the check in honor of Winchell's because then it cuts out all the fees of PayPal's and all that good. So if you do decide to donate, we would be very grateful because that's Tammy's paycheck. We're talking about Tammy's paycheck here. And the physical campus, you get paid, and I um, I just come as a patient, even though I have to pay the $500 fee. I, I get it for a year. They don't, um, they don't charge me every single month. They charge me at the beginning of the year, and then that's it until the next year. So that's how the Bleeding Bionics Foundation works. And please, 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 if you want to support this amazing technology and work that we are doing, I say we because I feel like I'm a member of the Bleeding Bionics family, which I am, and please donate. Please stop this podcast, go look it up on your phones, and go tap it in my show notes, and please donate to Amanda, and she would be forever grateful. So would Tammy, and so would the rest of the crew, and so would I, you guys. I mean, this technology is newer technology, and we need to keep it up in the morning. And so I would like to thank Tammy for coming on and sharing a little bit about behind the scenes of the episode. And you guys will be hearing this episode on Monday, if I can get it together over the weekend to um, do it. I will put this episode out on Monday so you guys can start your week off with a little dose of information to go work out. And I definitely thank Sammy for coming on and sharing her experiences with the info and with me. And so Thank you for having I, me. And- well, you're welcome and I just hope you guys enjoyed that episode and got to see a little sneak peek into my life and I may bring my next PT on if he's willing to do it. Yes, I now have a guy working with me, a big, strong guy teaching me how to work. So I'm like, it's no skinny women teaching me how to work. So I'm, the skinny women are where the being in the XOs. I wish big, strong guys were PTs in the XOs, but we get big, strong guys to volunteer. So that's a good thing. So, um, I do have a guy teaching me how to run sign and as, as I said, he said to me yesterday, um, yesterday being Thursday, he said, yes, absolutely, let's 
do it. So we'll see what happens, and I will keep you guys up there, and I will keep Tammy up there, and we'll just keep win moving best we can. And so Sounds thank good. you guys, and thank you, Tammy, and I want you guys to go work out and get moving and listen to me as you're doing it. Thanks, see you guys. Bye. Hi, you guys. Well, I am trying to take a fashion history class to help um, history, and I were never fast friends, and I'm getting a big fat F, but it's not my final grades. Final grades are not determined until December 20. Second, so for those of you in a high school history class, ay ay ay, history to me is boring. Can we get on the dang um on with the dang thing? Now I like writing. English happens to be my favorite subject. And I do really well in it. And I always thought that history was really, really, really boring. Even when I was in elementary school. History to me, and um, I'm not a huge history buff. So, yeah, it's coming back to bite me in butt in college. But that's okay. That's okay. We'll see what my final grade is. And my hopefully my final grade isn't a F. Hopefully the um, teacher understands that I have a disability, but I'm not a huge history buff. Now, I thought this class was going to be easier than it is. I um, wasn't expecting my English classes to be so easy this semester, but they are. Um, but I, history to me doesn't do well. So anyway, that's the update on that, and that's the true update on that, and we'll see what, um, she comes up with. Bye, you guys.